business rock stars. Kelly Kennedy here. And today I wanted to introduce you to my business, Capital Business Development, where we don't just see businesses. We see your potential to change the world. We see your passion, your dedication, and drive to do something extraordinary. And we're here to help you bring that vision to life. At Capital Business Development, we understand that behind every business is a visionary, someone with the determination to make a difference. Whether you're a startup with a big idea or an established company aiming to expand your impact, we're here to support you every step of the way. Our mission goes beyond traditional business development. We're committed to nurturing your dreams and empowering you to achieve greatness. From strategic planning and networking to hands-on support and personalized coaching, we provide the tools and guidance you need to succeed. So if you're ready to transform your vision into reality, look no further than Capital Business Development. Visit us today at www.capitalbd.ca to learn more about how we can help you unleash your potential to change the world. Your dreams matter. Let's make them happen together. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Welcome to episode 88 of the Business Development Podcast. And on today's expert guest interview, we are talking all about grant funding. Stick with us. We're chatting with CEO and co-founder of Impact Applications, Peter Hurd Watler. Stick with us. You're going to love the show. The great Mark Cuban once said, business happens over years and years. Value is measured in the total upside of a business relationship not by how much you squeezed out in any one deal. And we couldn't agree more. This is the Business Development Podcast, based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and broadcasting to the world. You'll get expert business development advice, tips and experiences, and you'll hear interviews with business owners, CEOs, and business development reps. You'll get actionable advice on how to grow business. Brought to you by Capital Business Development, capitalbd.ca. Let's do it. Welcome to the Business Development Podcast. And now your expert host, Kelly Kennedy. Hello, welcome to episode 88 of the Business Development Podcast. And on today's expert guest interview, we have CEO and co-founder of Impact Applications, Peter Hurd Watler. Peter Hurd Watler is a dynamic serial entrepreneur, boasting more than a decade of hands-on experience in launching and managing successful ventures. His journey has been punctuated by impressive achievements, including securing a remarkable $300,000 in grant funding for his prior software company. This success laid the foundation for Peter's latest endeavor, co-founding Impact Applications, where he channels his passion for helping pioneering companies access the vital funding needed to advance technologies and enhance the lives of individuals. Beyond his entrepreneurial pursuits, Peter is a seasoned globetrotter, having explored the diverse landscapes of over 60 countries. These experiences have nurtured a profound appreciation for different cultures and a deep understanding of the global tapestry. Peter's academic journey has been no less impressive. As an alumnus of Draper University in Silicon Valley, he honed his skills in one of the world's tech epicenters. Currently, he is on the verge of completing his business and arts degree at the University of Lethbridge. This unique combination of education has sharpened his superpower, the ability to blend big picture financial thinking with meticulous research and writing. 
Peter Heard Watler isn't just an entrepreneur. He's a visionary, a globetrotter, and an academic with a unique knack for transforming concepts into reality. Peter, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Kelly. Thanks for that warm introduction. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I know you're incredibly busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I I'm really excited to have you on today. Um, big reason, obviously, is we live in we live in Edmonton, Alberta, or at least I do, and uh, huge epicenter for startups. And you know, grant funding is on the minds of basically all startup businesses. How the heck do we fund our great, brilliant ideas? And I know it's an insane challenge. So you know what you're doing with impact applications is incredibly commendable, and I'm excited to talk about that with you today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take us back to the beginning, Peter. You know, like what started, you know, this passion for entrepreneurship? Have you always been an entrepreneur at heart? Yeah, I would say I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, I'd say it really started when I was uh, selling Coke in junior high. Coca-Cola, by the way. Coca-Cola, <laughs> by the way. So uh, this was when I was in junior high at John Ware in Calgary. And, you know, they because of health, they stopped selling pop in the vending machine. So I saw an opportunity, a market gap, you could say, and started selling Coke. And it was pretty funny. Got called to the principal's office. And he says, hey, Peter, I heard you're selling Coke. And I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with selling Coke? And he's like, oh, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to have to call the authorities. I'm going to have to search your locker, though. So I, I opened up my <laughs> locker and he's like, what are all these cans doing here? So, so that, that, was, that was where it started from. And yeah. from there, you know, did did the, you know, any, anything I could get my hands on really in junior high and high school, snow shoveling, uh, mowing lawns. Then it, when I got my license, I got a minivan and I started window washing, which was really awesome because, you know, not only did I make good money window washing, I was able to employ my peers. I paid them above minimum wage, uh, had a really good incentive structure. It, it was awesome. Did that until about first year university, where I was like, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of this this physical labor work. You know, 50 yeah. pound ladders, putting a toll on my shoulder. So I'm like, I, I got to do something else. So that's where I founded Veris Technologies Inc. You know, a software company. We were going after blockchain voting, and you know, we won the 150 startups. Uh, pitch competition in 2020, the Innovation Rodeo, which was awesome. That's where I got my full ride to Draper University in Silicon Valley. Actually, Lethbridge County approached us to you know supplement their municipal election with our our blockchain technology. However, wow. you know after you know looking into the Municipal Elections Act and and other legislature, we found out that. There's no online voting is illegal in Alberta. So at least for general elections, we're like, ah, if our business model is illegal, what are we going to do? Uh -huh. So, you know, we kind of pivoted a little bit, but we pivoted to, you know, kind of a survey insights engine. And that that's kind of where it started. So, you know, I, I just saw so the founder with a, a business idea in software. You know, I'm like, I got to raise, I got to get some money to pay my developers. So I'm sure every founder has been in that dilemma. You know, how do you get money to pay for your employees? And if you're pre-revenue, where you're in a business that requires a lot of research and development, you're, you're pretty much faced with three, three options. You either, you know, borrow money. And with today's interest rate, it's not the best idea either. You, you raise investment you know, fundraise or you get grants. So I, so I went for the latter option with the grants 
And, and that was awesome. We raised over $300,000 in grants, allowed me to pay for the developers. It, it was great. However, the problem was because all my focus went to, you know, researching, writing, applying for these grants, it really distracted me from the business. And, you know, that's where, you know, earlier this year, I got the idea for impact applications where I'm thinking, you know, I'll let someone else, uh, you know, develop the innovative technology and we'll focus on the grant. So that's where I co-founded Impact Applications. And that's what we do is we help innovative founders, um, you know, focus on the business activities they do best while we work hard to get them grants and other non-dilutive funding. So we do all the researching, the writing, the applying and the reporting. That's amazing. So do you guys also put together the actual proposal for the grant as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do everything. Yeah. So wow, uh, everything. Yeah, we, we, you know, the first thing we do with our clients, once they become a client, is we create, you know, a tailored grant research report for them, and then a grant plan, like, hey, here's the roadmap of all the grants we're going to go for, for your company that we know you're eligible for, because we've, we've vetted them. And then we apply for the grants, we write them, we submit the applications. Once they're approved, we do all the follow-up reporting, which which is a big step a lot of people don't realize, all the, the follow-up reporting and requirements to make sure you get that money. Yeah. And and yeah, we do full service grant management. That's amazing. Like very, very forward thinking. Um, I, I haven't come across that before. H- had you like in your market research before you kind of launched it, what what kind of competition did you even have in that space? There's, it's, it's definitely, there's more, there's more demand than supply, which is awesome for my business, for sure. And I would say that there are some service providers for sure. But in terms of those that do the full service, that's one of the ways we differentiate ourselves. A lot of uh, grant writers, they'll, they'll write the grant for you and they'll submit it, but they won't do all the follow-up reporting. They won't be constantly, you know, doing research for you. So there, there, there's some out there. But we haven't come across one that's quite like us that provides full service grant management. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, I was going through your profile kind of before we started here, and your first kind of venture into this was it Grant U? Yeah, that that was kind of the stepping stone that led to impact applications. Um, so with Grant U, that was more student focused. You know, okay. of course, I got some student grants as well as a student at the University of Lethbridge. Uh, I'm going to be graduating soon. So with Grant U, um, yeah, that that was a, a business you know tailored for students, where a, a little bit of a similar idea, where we would you know provide students with you know a list of grants, or we'd help them apply for it. And Chase Miller was my first customer with Grant U, and you know he he said, hey, um, you know I've got this web design company. A lot of my clients are asking about grants. You know, do you do any corporate grants? And that's that's kind of what sparked the idea for Impact Applications. That's how we co-founded the company together. So Grant U served as a nice a stepping stone. I'm glad we did Grant U, but I, I prefer Impact Applications. You know, business <laughs> owners are a lot better to deal with uh, and have a lot more money than than students. Yes, yes, no, for sure. You know, I like I always love to see the journey, right? Like. I feel like they're all stepping stones to kind of where you need to go. You know, how has Veris Technologies factored into impact applications? Do you still use a lot of information from that in your processes moving forward? Or was it, were you able to integrate the two? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely was able to, it, it was a great stepping stone. Like, first of all, just the fact that I was able to secure $300,000, over 300000 with Veris, 
that's what you know sharpened my teeth in terms of grant writing and, and being able to do this with full service grant management. And then just a lot of lessons um, from Veris, just in general business, I was able to trans over to impact applications as, as well as a few people on the team, on the Veris team, we've transitioned to impact applications. Veris is still going, we're still conducting R&D on the side, but I would say impact is my main focus. Yeah, yeah. Can we go back into Veris for a second? Um, you know, obviously you created uh, the blockchain uh, with regards to the voting, the voting structure strategy that you'd kind of tried to accomplish. Um, it seems to me like a great idea. Was there any potential future uh, push to try to get that implemented or try to get those laws waived or changed? Uh, we tried like it's we, we, <laughs> like we, we were literally lobbying like we, we were lobby, lobbying with um, Lethbridge County. We were this was this was um, man. I don't want to get too political, but I'll, I might as well. It's it's pretty yeah, entertaining. So the past minister of municipal affairs. This was during COVID. I yeah. forget her name, but she po this was during COVID and the lockdown. So she's posting, "Hey, stay at home." Posted from my iPhone in Hawaii. So she posted <laughs> that. And of course, the public is in outrage. So she had to step down as the minister. But that was our minister. We were lobbying to change the act. So oh, no. you know, it's just a bit of a <laughs> dog. It's kind of funny looking back at it. But um, like we still we tried. I do genuinely think it's it's a good idea. And it's it's yeah. notable. Um, as well as I, I'm really looking forward with Varus. You know, we're with the my tax funding we got, we're we're going to be publishing a paper hopefully early next year. So you know these papers they have they have very long academic titles. So I'll I'll go through it kind of slowly. So it's called Social Media with a Purpose: Leveraging Blockchain, AI, and Other Innovative Technology to Create a New Form of Political Communication Amongst Youth. So in layman's terms, think Instagram. But instead of users posting and responding to pictures, they post and respond to politically related surveys. And, and that's the experiment we did with our technology where, you know, we so we think of that Instagram type platform where there's users and they make their posts and that's saved on the blockchain. So you can't edit or delete them because it's blockchain. And then the AI you know, gathers all of those text, those written responses and analyzes them kind of like chat GPT to really synthesize large amounts of qualitative information. And that's, that's pretty much the technology we're, we're, we're pursuing. And Hey, at least we'll have this research paper. Maybe someone else will be able to, to take the baton. And the interesting thing that we found is with, with voting, although blockchain voting is a great idea, voting is a very infrequent form of political communication. You know, it's only once every four years. So, you know, imagine how successful your relationship would be if you only communicated once every four years. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty valuable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's kind of funny that uh, that you were kind of involved in the blockchain side of things as well. Um, you know, we're talking because it's only hours ago for me, but literally I, I just interviewed Adam O'Brien with Bitcoin Well, who you mentioned is also one of your clients. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah, so it's it's great. Small world, for sure. Yeah, totally. So it's funny because th this week for you, his show will have been the previous week. So I think it's kind of, it's funny how it, we're kind of talking about blockchain there and then we're kind of getting into blockchain here and it was completely unrelated. It just kind of happened that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, you know, what I really wanted to talk with you about, Peter, is, you know, getting into 
impact applications and talking about grants, you know, I wanted to give a bit of an educational segment. You know, you're an expert in grant funding. You're an expert in acquiring grants for people. And I know that like lots of companies apply for grants and then are like, oh crap, like we don't know what to do past that point. Um, I guess one of the questions that I wanted to start out with is what should companies consider before even thinking about taking on a grant? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, a few things you want to consider. The first thing, if you're a company, is you want to consider, are you grantable? So are you grantable? So what, what that means is, first of all, do you have the, the funding for the grant? So most grants work kind of like a gift card or a reimbursement. So you got to make sure you have the funds. So if you're so if it's a hiring grant, for example, do you have the funding to pay this person five, 10K a month for one, two, three months before the grant actually kicks in to reimburse you for that? That's the first thing. The second thing is, does it align with your business strategy? So you, you shouldn't pursue a grant just for the sake of pursuing it. it. Should align with your business strategy. So for example, if you're a company that does business in America and Canada, and there's a grant to do business in Asia, but you have no business going to Asia, it doesn't make sense for your strategy. You probably shouldn't put all that energy into that grant if it's not going to align with your core strategy. And then third is the information. So you, you, these grant agencies require a lot of information. So you got to make sure, do you, do you have your business plan? Do you have your market research? Do you have your TAM, SAM, SUM? Uh, outlined and calculated? Do you have your previous three years of financial statements? Do you have your next three years of financial projections? And and all of that is is really important information to make sure you're grantable. If you're applying for a grant for yourself, or even if you're you know hiring a service like Impact Applications like me, because we're we're going to need that information from you. And if you don't have it, then we're going to have to get you to that level. You know, you're you're kind of starting off negative, and we got to get you to just zero to make sure you're grantable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, agreed. And, and I think a lot of companies aren't considering any of that. Um, so I think those are really good points. Uh, one of the other questions that I had was, you know, how are how are so, you know, we typically hear about grants through word of mouth. Like, frankly, that's how I think I've heard of most of the grants that we've ever applied for at Capital or the Business Development Podcast for various things. It's like, oh, like, oh, this is available. Have you thought about this? How did someone like you end up an expert in this space? Like, what does that take to become an expert in trying to understand? Because you have to be aware of what all the grants are, what's coming up, what's coming out the door. Um, and, you know, how how was that learning curve for you? How were you able to stay ahead of the curve with regards to knowing what's even available for people? Yeah, it's a great question, Kelly. I think, you know, how we've been able to, you know, really keep a pulse on these things is, you know, we apply for one grant. And then we keep a pulse on that grant agency. So whenever they're releasing new grants, we find out about them. We're keeping a pulse on all the grants in Alberta, such as Alberta Innovates. We're keeping a pulse on the federal grants, such as IRAP. There's also grant research platforms out there, so such as Alberta Business Grants with David Kincaid. I'd highly recommend his advanced grant writing course. Um, he's been a great contact and partner of ours. He's been great. Um, as well as, like I mentioned, Kelly Como from Funding Essential. She's been an awesome partner and mentor with us. She's always posting grants on her LinkedIn. Uh, Pocketed is another platform that releases grants. So just signing up for all the email newsletters of anything to do with Canadian grants really lets you keep a pulse on this. And, you know, the trick is, it's, it's, it's the old saying, you know, entrepreneurs don't starve, they drown. 
Same thing goes with grants. You're going to be drowning in grants. So the real trick is figuring out, you know, which ones to apply for. So once once you got, you know, say it, you know, we, we probably sift in terms of the total number of grants, maybe even a thousand grants a month, you know, come, I, I read um, and, and we sift through. But then once you narrow it down for our clients, you know, who's eligible for what it, it, it narrows down, you know, from a thousand to maybe 10. Or something yeah. like that. So that's are, that's are the, you, the real tip to is just sign up for all the email lists for all these different grant agencies and grant researchers and yeah. Are you able to like look at a grant and be able to say yeah, like I think like with like an eighty to ninety percent success rate here that we can accomplish this grant? How have you been able to like? make that call because I get that like, you know, you're going to have to give some type of commitment to your customers. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we're 80%. We can get this one. How are you able to grade out what, what you're going to be most effective at or what's going to be a little harder to do? Yeah, for sure. So it, it ties into my first point of getting grantable. So once the customer gives us all of that detailed information, then the grant comes across our desk and we match the eligibility criteria of the grant to our client. So that's how we can determine if our client is eligible for the grant and we can get a good idea. Nine out of 10 grants that we read, we're like, oh, our client isn't eligible and we move on. Then that yeah. one out of 10 grant, we're like, okay, this is worth exploring. So then we discuss, we, we bring it to our client's attention. We discuss it with them. And then we set some go or no go milestones of, okay, step one, we think this is good. Let's fill out the intake form. Okay, we've passed the intake form. Let's meet with the grant agency and actually talk with them and and get their thoughts on it to see if, if we're a good fit. Okay, step three, let's actually do the hard work of submitting the application. So by the time we get to the second or third no-go milestone, it's usually, you know, like you said, that 80, 90% chance that we're going to get it. Yeah. Is it, you know, uh, you're, you're operating primarily in Alberta at the moment, correct? Yeah. Do you operate across Canada? We do operate across Canada. Yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. Um, one of the questions that I had was, you know, obviously in Alberta, <laughs> a lot of the grants are very much formulated towards tech startups. That seems to be the thing that we really want to fund right now. Um, is there the ability to work with companies that aren't just part of tech? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different organizations uh, that aren't just tech that that we do work with. As well, the important thing to understand about the grants is they're from the government and the government has certain priorities. So, you know, there's kind of like A tier, B tier and everything else. So A tier would be things like tech, obviously is huge, environment, agriculture, you know, uh, industries like that. Those are the A tier industries that the government wants to fund. Um, These are the A tier. The B tier, there's other ones, maybe transportation. Um so obviously some industrial and manufacturing, things like that, even even non-for-profits and charities. Um, there's always grants for those, but it depends on the non-for-profit and charity that they're going after. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, a charity for, um, you know, geared towards childcare or senior care would be prioritized over a charity like the Humane Society, for example, for animals. You know, I, I, really, I really like animals. I, I have foster... Uh, cats myself, but that's that's the way it is. So it is important to understand from a business owner's perspective, what industry are you in? And is it an A-tier industry that the government is giving grants towards? And, and tech is definitely an A-tier industry. It's not the only one, but it definitely is the A-tier, in the A-tier. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I always wonder that because we deal with lots and lots of service-based companies or companies that are creating, you know, products or or are building items. But since they are not necessarily in the tech side of the world, they just don't qualify for any of these grants. And it's kind of too bad because, you know, there's a lot of industry outside of tech that still needs that government support that is still profitable and has benefit to Canada. For sure. And hey, that's that's where we come in because they're there, there's some grants that are open to all industries, for sure. And and I'd say, if if you if you if you're if you are a business owner and you're a grantable, meaning you have the not only the funds set aside for the grant, but you're revenue generating, and you have those documents that I mentioned earlier, that there's there's a grant out there that exists for you that you'd be eligible for. Interesting. So, you know, run us through, run us through the impact applications process, right? Like, let's say that um, you've made a connection with a company and they want to engage you. Can you run me through a start to finish process? Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, a lead wants to engage us, we'll schedule an intake meeting with them where we'll learn more about their business. How many employees do they have? What's their revenue? What's their business model? Um, You know, what industry are they in? Are they in the A tier industry? And then from there, we'll decide if we can help them or not. So our, our target is innovative founders of revenue generating Canadian companies with five to 50 employees. So innovative doesn't necessarily mean tech. You know, we have um, companies in the agriculture space or manufacturing, um, but there's, there's always innovation. There's innovation in every industry. So it doesn't have to necessarily mean tech. And then from there, if we think we're a good fit, we'll offer one of our um, you know, business plans, our, our pricing plans for our full service grant management. And and we'll we'll move from there. So they'll they'll pick a plan that has you know a, a monthly service fee and then also a, a tiered success fee depending on the plan that they choose to go with. And then from there, um, you know they're a client of ours, and we the first step is getting them grantable. So we're gathering as much information as we can, identifying those documents, like I said, getting it from them. If they don't have them, we do offer supplementary writing services. Um, and then once we have all those documents, we we provide them with a grant research report and say, hey, this is our three month plan to get you grants that can fund the things that you need most. So that's one of the questions we had is have for our clients is what are your biggest expenses and what do you need the funding for? And we find the biggest expenses employees, which is great because there's a lot of salary wage subsidy grants out there. So that's what we do is we go ahead and apply for those grants for them. We, we go in three month plans and, and yeah, that's what we do. And then we meet with our clients either once a week, once every two weeks as needed to just keep them posted on how we're working hard to get them those grants. <laughs> that's really, really interesting. So essentially you're paying yourself off just by essentially getting them the grants. Like you, you really are a cost neutral service. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a great way to to look at it, for sure. And we and even with our service, our monthly service, we have a money back guarantee. We don't one point five x your money within the first twelve months. We'll refund the difference. Wow, that is a hell of a commitment. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's that's like we we get that within the first quarter, let let alone the first year. We, all of our clients, we've been able to do that within like the first quarter. So it, it hasn't been a problem for us. Wow, that's an that's amazing. That, like, congratulations! That's an absolutely amazing statistic, Peter. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been awesome. Like every, yeah, literally every one of our clients we've been able to do that that have that have been with us for the first quarter that have worked with us. 
um, and cooperated, we've, we've been able to do that for them. Interesting. And so you mentioned that it's a, it's, you have a, essentially an intro fee, like obviously your base fee per month, because you have a certain level of effort and you have employees that you need to cover. And then there's a success, like essentially a commission or a profit share with the sheer amount of, uh, of uh, loan or sorry, of uh, grant that you're able to acquire, correct? Yeah. So our success fee is calculated based on the grant, but it's not paid out from the grant. So how they pay us is the money that, you know, say we get them a grant for $100,000 to subsidize their employees, the money that they would have had to spend on their employees, that's what they pay us with. I see. The I savings, see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So it does, re- it does require a lot of trust and openness in the, in the conversation and negotiation between yourself and your clients. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, you know, one of the other questions that I kind of had uh, with regards to grants and such was, you know, if you are out there helping companies get the grants, you know, are you having to work directly alongside Alberta Innovates? Like, do they kind of work as a partner with you? Or how does that relationship work for you? Yeah, how it works is we're like a strategic consultant to our clients, and we will advise them on how best to interact with Alberta Innovates or these other grant agencies, but the clients themselves do interact with the grant agencies. And that's one of the things we advise is, you know, have a really good relationship with your technology development advisor um, from Alberta Innovates or your ITA from IRAP, you know, foster a really good relationship with them, invite them to any company events you have, just make sure you're really, um, you know, treat them like the advisors they are and a trusted business advisor. And that's that's exactly what we're doing, too. We're a consultant, like funding consultants. Yeah, it's crazy because like it makes so much sense, but I haven't actually come across it before. Like, you know, I, I've heard a lot about the grants and that side of thing. Um, I haven't really worked in tech aside from marketing for tech. So it's a little bit of a different world. But um, yeah, it's something that like seems so needed. And yet I've literally never come across it until we made our connection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, well, I, I didn't even know about it myself, you know, back when, when I had my, with, with Varus, you know, that's why I applied for it myself because um, I, didn't, I didn't know the service existed. What were some of the lessons that you learned in that time? You know, like, obviously, you've been doing this. You've done this for a lot of companies. What has been like one of the, you know, two or three big lessons that you've learned um, to be more successful with grants? Yeah, I'd say um, in terms of top lessons, there's a few, like like I mentioned, make sure you're grantable and you have that information there. I would say another lesson is, you know, just make sure you've really got um, your idea outlined. You know, make sure that you're a good writer. And if you're not a good writer, hopefully someone else on your team is where you can put pen to paper. Okay, this is the project we're pursuing. Um, this this is where the money's going to go to help support our employees. This is going to be the outcome of this project. Because that's what the government wants to see. The government wants to see that, you know, the government's giving you our tax dollars and they do want to see a return on it in, the ter- in terms of job creation. So you really got to explain how this money leads to innovation, which leads to job creation. Yeah, I'd say those are the, the top lessons that I've learned. You, you got to be really concise. And then probably the even more important lesson is, make sure you develop a relationship with the grant agency. So one statistic is 70% of all grants goes to someone the grant agency knows. So you really want to establish um, that relationship with the grant agency. So the first step is identifying the grants that you want to apply for. The second step is meeting with the grant agency 
and fostering that relationship and, and getting an idea, okay, are we actually eligible for this grant? Do we have a pretty good chance of getting it? And then do you apply? But, but the, the most, most people who think, when they think of grants, are like, oh, I got to apply and start writing. That, that's yeah. step three. You, you want to do step one and two first, especially you, you don't want to waste your time. So that's the big thing. I love, I love that you touched on the relationship aspect, right? Business development podcast, we're all about relationships. They're absolutely critical. Um, You know, explain a little bit, you know, can you give me a scenario where that has truly helped you or that, that gave you that edge you needed to win? For sure. Even, even with Varus, for example. So we were working with, with my tax and Hannah Scott, shout out to her. She's the Lethbridge uh, BD business development for my tax. And at some points I was meeting with Hannah, you know, once a week or multiple times a week just to check in with this grant. She was giving me a lot of advice and feedback on the grant, continued to revise it. Yes, it was a lot of work, but it, but, but it paid off because that's, that's how we were able to win is because we had that relationship with my tax. They were giving us feedback on our application and our business strategy. And, and that's what at the end I really contributed to us winning that over $300,000. That's amazing. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And it makes so much sense because if you can get that feedback from somebody to say, hey, like, have you considered this? Or you're just meeting their application standards that much better, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. man, but, but like you said, those relationships, they take time to foster. Um, you know, how would what would you recommend people do to start to establish those relationships if they don't have them? Yeah. So the first step is just, you know, submit the intake form for whatever the grant agency is and get connected with uh, the advisor and then just start meeting with them. Just have an initial consultation, talk about your business, ask them for their advice on your business model, on your innovation, on which particular grants they recommend. And, you know, the nice thing with post-COVID, as we've, we've shown now, is, you know, you can develop those relationships over video call, which is really awesome. And yeah, that's, that's the big thing. And then if you have that in-person aspect of you're doing business in person, say in Alberta, so you're going to, you know, big events like Inventures or Innovation Week or, or really any of these big events, you know, the grant agency is pro- most likely going to be there. They might have a booth or something like that. Make sure you talk to them, say hi to your BD, your advisor while you're there. And yeah, that'd be my advice for building those relationships. Yeah, yeah, no, amazing. Um, you had mentioned earlier the various tiers of industry, what you called tier uh, A tier, B tier, and C tier. Um, you know, for the companies listening or the founders listening, how do they know what tier they fall into? Are, are you able to define those tiers for them? Yeah, so uh, yeah, to define those tiers, I would say it's it's not it, it's not it's not necessarily me defining those tiers. So, so our, our philosophy is. Um, you know, we, we we don't make the rules. We just we just use them the best we can. So it's it's the government really um, uh, identifying the tiers. So you know, this isn't necessarily a hard and fast rule, but for ourselves, the A tier industries is just think what what's the government talking about? Of all the grants the government um, releases that are industry specific, the the government does release general grants um, such as the Canada summer jobs grant. I would plug in that's, that's a general grant for summer jobs for that'll subsidize uh, a youth subsidy. Anyone from age 15 to 30, they don't have to be in school. It's uh, up to 50% subsidy for a summer job. Like grants like that are, are industry agnostic, but in terms of, you know, you take all the grants that either the provincial or federal government releases that are industry specific, 
what percentage are going to what industry? That's that's how you really identify this. So like I mentioned, the tier A industries would be tech, agriculture, we got to eat. You know, agriculture is a big thing. Environmental, uh, manufacturing, the B tier, you know, might be things like transportation. Um, and, and then like in those nonprofit charity sectors, such as senior care or child care, um, things like that. Um, and then, you know, the other industries that might be a little bit less, um, it, it just really depends on, on the industry. But um, some of those that I, I don't want to be mean, I don't want to discourage anyone from applying for grants, but some of those sure. other tiers, if, if they don't fall into what I mentioned, they're probably, you know, not the A tier or B tier, but you should still look at applying for some grants. But just know that your business might not be in that A tier. So you're going to have to apply to non-industry specific grants. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, th I think it's just important to give people an idea of where their businesses fall, because I think everybody wants to try to find, yeah, where can we get some help? You know, I mean, I think all business owners are always looking for whatever help they can get, because running a business is a challenge, and it's very expensive. And if there is help available, um, we want to take advantage of that. I think a lot of us, too, are just afraid of the effort that it's going to take to get the grants too, or like what, what are the obligations? Like if, you know, just being awarded a, a grant isn't the end of the obligation, it's the very beginning. Can we talk a little bit to some of the risks companies could take on by taking on some of these grants? Yeah, for sure. You definitely want to watch out for the risks. So you, you definitely don't want to embellish anything. You want to make sure you meet the criteria. So they're going to check and they're going to ask for your documents. They're going to thoroughly go through your website, go through your social media profiles. So make sure you do meet the eligibility criteria. And that's, that's what I mentioned about step one is identify the grant and make sure you meet the criteria. I'd say the risk is, is it, it's a balance with grants. Because on one hand, you're making this big proposal um, for the grant, especially if it's a big grant, where we're going to do this, this, and this. Um, and but on the other hand, you know, business is fluid; it changes, so priorities can change. So what you want to do to mitigate that? My my strategy, you know, for our clients is you've got the grant. Do focus on the project, but also focus if this grant is a wage subsidy. Make sure you're hiring this person that is is a really great hire. So that way, if something needs to pivot, this person's able to pivot their work as well. Mm. So I'd say the risk with the grant is just make sure that you're you're being honest about your eligibility criteria, making sure you meet it, and then make sure 100% of the grant money that you get is 100% spent on what you said it would be spent on and make sure you have the receipts to prove it for the reporting or if they yes. they do follow up with you. Yes, like they're not just going to give you whatever, 100 grand and say there you go. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> they they need to know that it's audited and that it's going where they where they where you said it would go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's amazing. That's very very great advice. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you. Talk to me about like you know you're a serial entrepreneur. What launched you into? What was that initial kick that made you start your first company? Tell me about that moment. What was that like for you? Hmm, that's a that's a good question. Um. Technically speaking, my first job when I was, I think I was like six years old was, was picking up dog poop for one of my mom's friends. Like, I don't know if that counts as, you know, launching into entrepreneurship. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't do that for too long and I, I'm glad I quit doing that. <laughs> so I, I think the biggest kick was probably around the time I was selling pop. And th there was a few reasons behind that. 
Um, the first reason was I, I was I was twelve, so I, I actually did go to you know my local grocery store and applied for a job. They said I was too young. I think you had to be fourteen or something like that, or fifteen to work, you know, yep. a minimum wage hourly job. So I was too young. So I'm like, well, I'm too young to work this job. So so what am I what am I gonna do? In, in terms of getting money. So that I'd say that was the first kick of like, okay, I, I see this opportunity with selling pop in my junior high school. And then I think another example was the the final, I don't want to say nail in the coffin, but uh, maybe nail on the ship is a, a better analogy. You know, the nail on the ship of my journey to entrepreneurship was in kind of my third year uh, accounting class in, in university. I wanted to be an accountant when I first entered university, which, which was great. I recommend everyone take some accounting classes when they go to university, no matter what their major is. You know, accounting is the language of business. Whether you have a business role, a marketing role, even if you're arts or graphic design, it's really important to understand accounting. So I, I'd highly recommend it. But, you know, when I was in accounting at the University of Lethbridge, I'm in my third year class. You know, we all bombed the first midterm of this advanced financial accounting course. And, and I'm looking at my grade and my teacher, my professor, you know, she's telling us, hey, not only are you competing amongst your classmates, but you're competing with every accounting student across Canada who wants to be a CPA. So you guys make got to make sure you do better. So I'm just thinking to myself, and I don't know if I want to do that, um, yeah. be competing with all of them. So I'm like, how can I, you know, kind of like the blue ocean strategy. It's like, how can I situate myself so I'm not as in such a competitive environment? I thought, well, if you're an entrepreneur and you develop a, a niche business where you provide a unique value, then you're just, you're your own competition. So that I think that was the, the thing that really solidified my entrepreneurial journey. And I decided, hey, I'm not, not going to be an accountant. I'm just going to be a, an entrepreneur for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I always ask because everyone has seems to have a very interesting story. But you know what, I don't think I've talked to an entrepreneur yet that didn't have that dog poop story. I like every almost all of them did something at a young age to earn money that was kind of outside the box. I really think that it's a uh, it's a gene. We all have a little bit of a, yeah. of, of a bug yeah. in us. <laughs> amazing. Well, hey, you know, I also wanted to ask, you know, you've been doing impact applications now for seven months. So congratulations. Um, I know it's still six. Today is actually the, the six month anniversary from our incorporation. Six months. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. I had seven. I don't know where I got that one from, but six months since incorporation. Tell me about your marketing strategy. What has it been like to launch impact applications? Like, obviously, this is a great idea. I, I know, especially being right here in Edmonton, it's an amazing idea. So congratulations. You're right. I haven't come across it before. So I think that you have relatively little competition. I'm sure there's some, but you know, I mean, you're not competing in a big pool of, of, of competition in this space. Um, what is your marketing strategy been? How have you been doing your business development and your marketing? Yeah, that's that's one of the challenges we're, we're, we're going through right now. So definitely appreciate any advice you have uh, after the interview. But I would Absolutely. say our strategy is mostly spear marketing has has been uh, the success of our strategy. So first of all, I went through my own network of people. So one of our clients actually, um, he, I, I was in a, I'm in the fraternity at the University of Lethbridge, Kappa Sigma, and he started his own business, Timber Ridge Firewood. And, you know, he, he actually reached out to me, saw I was writing grants on LinkedIn, saw impact applications and became a client. So that, that's been really great is just leveraging your existing connections, having the spear marketing strategy of more one-to-one yep. -one outreach. That's That's been really good for us. We've been doing 
also as well attending a lot of networking events. So Platform Calgary has a lot of events. I know Innovation Week is coming up that, that we're going to be attending. So those have been really effective for us. We definitely need to ramp up our online kind of more net strategy in terms of, you know, posting more on LinkedIn, getting the SEO going on our website. We, we have a blog page that we're doing. Um, so we've been leveraging that and, you know, we've just gotten started with that, but we, we definitely are continuing to up our marketing efforts, business development efforts to just get the yep. word out that, hey, we offer this service of full service grant management with impact applications. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Amazing. No, what I would suggest potentially doing, and I'll just give you some advice right on the show because people like to have that. Sure. <laughs> um, what I would suggest doing would be to start making lots of friends with the people who are helping with the accelerator programs or, you know, who are being the mentors to some of these businesses just getting off the ground because that's not their space. However, someone like you coming in to be able to say, hey, like we can help you know, the startup you're working with to get X number of grants is going to be incredibly beneficial to them and their mentorship program. So I think that like, it's a little bit different than marketing to like, already established businesses, because most of them, they're flying a little bit under the radar, because they're not necessarily public information yet, for the most part. Um, they're going to various pitch pitch competitions or other things like that, they have mentorship, or they might be part of an accelerator program. But unless you're part of the tech community, and you're keeping up with it, um, it's sometimes hard to even know who your customers might be. So I think in your case, making really great friends with some of the mentorship programs or the various mentors that operate across Canada, and I could even feed you some of these names after the show of people that we've had that, uh, that are amazing that could probably use your service would be really beneficial um, for you. I really think that getting, like you said, well-known in that startup space, especially right here in Alberta, and especially with the people that are helping these startups accomplish certain levels of, of success is going to be your best bet for marketing because they're already working with 15, 20 startups at a time who could all use your service. Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Kelly. And yeah, feel free to send us those names. I can even do a follow-up email to, to follow up on that. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. Absolutely. Um, no, this has been amazing. If people want to use your service, Peter, if people want to get a hold of you, impact applications, they want to uh, potentially uh, consult with you about applying for some grants, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Yeah, so the best way, uh, you can email me directly, peter at impactapplications.ca is my email. Feel free to email me anytime. I'm also on LinkedIn, Peter Hurd-Wattler, and you can see right on my LinkedIn, need grant funding, click the link and you can schedule uh, a meeting with me. Awesome. Awesome. So there you go. If you're looking for grants, you're in Canada. Peter Hurd Wattler. He's your guy. Impact Applications. You're out of Calgary. Is that correct, Peter? Yeah, we're based out of Calgary. We operate um, all across Canada, though. So if you're, you're an a innovative founder of a Canadian business that generates revenue and you have around five to 50 employees, you're right up our target. But even if you're not, feel free to give me a chat anytime. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Peter. This has been episode 88 of the Business Development Podcast. We will catch you on the flip side. This has been the Business Development Podcast with Kelly Kennedy. Kelly has 15 years in sales and business development experience within the Alberta oil and gas industry and founded his own business development firm in 2020. His passion and his specialization is in customer relationship generation and business development. The show is brought to you by Capital Business Development, your business development specialists. 
for more, we invite you to the website at www.capitalbd.ca. See you next time on the Business Development Podcast. Business rock stars, we at the Business Development Podcast humbly invite you to be part of our journey. Despite our global reach spanning over 130 countries and our status as an award-winning show, we remain committed to delivering valuable insights and engaging content to our audience of decision makers. With two episodes released every single week and a back catalog of over 100 episodes, we strive to provide our listeners with the latest strategies and trends in business development and business growth. Why consider sponsoring us? Our listeners trust us to deliver authentic, informative content, making it an ideal platform for you to showcase your brand in a genuine and meaningful way. Choose from flexible sponsorship packages tailored to fit your advertising needs. With a back catalog of over 100 episodes and an average of eight new episodes released every single month, there are plenty of opportunities for you to connect with our audience. If you believe that your brand aligns with our humble mission, reach out to us at podcast at capital bd.ca. Let's start a conversation and explore how we can collaborate to elevate your brand together. Thank you for considering us. Send us an email at podcast at capital bd.ca and let's partner for the future.